But to help us out a little bit, we go out to uh, Sports Illustrated's Brendan Gulick right here on 92.3. The fan on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. And he's just getting a warm-up because Brendan will be on tomorrow and Tuesday on Afternoon Drive. So get yourself ready. Brendan, uh, how you doing, man? Good. Good morning. What's going on? Are you pumped for tomorrow and for Tuesday to hang out with me for a couple days? Uh, well, I mean, I'm certainly pumped to hang out with, with Dave and Keith and Dustin. I thought about it that way. Oh, oh, <laughs> come on. I'm, of course I'm looking forward to we, it. Yeah. We are going so, to – I'll have a cake tomorrow if Tony Finau pulls this thing out. <laughs> we'll call it a victory cake. Know. It'll be great. If, uh, if my guy Rory can – Come away with the, the feel-good golf story of the week, considering all that's going on right now in professional golf. I would uh, be a pretty happy guy. Man, I love Rory, too. That's where I'm kind of torn a little bit. But uh, anytime Tony Finau is in contention in any tournament at the end, you just you just keep waiting for him to choke, and I hate that for him. Like, I, he's so good. I hate that for him. That uh, it's uh... – He's a fun guy to watch, and, and it's it's a matter of time before he gets it done. Maybe it's today. We'll what would you make of the live golf? Uh, did you watch any of it or no? I did. I've watched a little bit of it. I mean, look, I man, I could go on a whole diatribe here. Uh, I I am sad and frustrated because I think <clears throat> I think it's here to stay, uh, and I think it's awful for the game. Um, I don't think competition is bad for the game. I'm a capitalist, man. If if you've got you know, multiple options in the marketplace. And if this proves to make the PGA tour put out a better quality product, then that's a good thing. But I, I don't understand how people can't wrap their head around the fact that this is not a golf league that's played sometimes in Saudi Arabia. It's literally a league that is backed by the Saudi government and they don't care how many billions of dollars they lose on this. They have no business plan. They have no revenue generation plan at all. It's it's a joke. So, you know, there's a few guys I don't mind. Fine, see you by. I don't really want to watch you on the PGA Tour, anyways. But man, there are uh, there are definitely some guys that are going to go over there that uh, I think are going to, you know, kind of dilute what we are used to seeing on the PGA Tour. It's not good. Yeah, I mean the Saudis have so much money. It just is what I mean. It's just never. It's never going to end. Is the point there? It just. I mean, it just. It just isn't. So I. I. I think the from the actual golf perspective. It's been weird. Like guys like Wade Ormsby are in our life now. Guys that we never thought of before. And uh, I actually thought the broadcast was really good, though. I don't know if you actually heard the broadcast. I thought the broadcast was really yeah, good. Yeah, there, there were there were parts of the broadcast that were fine. Um, I thought I thought it felt like sometimes they were hitting us over the head repeatedly with why this is the thing that's going to save the game. And I think that's just a load. Uh, but you know, the the actual presentation of of the broadcast I thought was largely okay. They got to get a better way on, on the scoreboard on the left-hand side. Like, you know, the, the first like, looks like a NASCAR race. Three ran- yeah, and three random letters and a last name. Like, who is S. <laughs> like, great putt, man. You know, like, what are, we, what are we doing here? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. They, they could tweak it a little bit, but it, the, admittedly the broadcast presentation was a little better than I expected it to be. He's Brendan Gulick, of course, for Buckeyes Now, college football, all sorts of things in Sports Illustrated, but now covering the Guardians as well. And we're really excited that you uh, uh, get to have you for a couple minutes because I want to yell about Tito and I want to yell about Andres Jimenez. But first, uh, today's game starting a little bit earlier today. Have the streaming options, has it just become too much 
across the sport. And I know why they have to do it. You know, the the national broadcast money, because it's shared equally among every team. So the Yankees get as much as the Guardians as anybody else. $66 million is a lot of money when your local revenue is somewhere between 47 to 52. So, like, I get why it has to happen. But for the consumer, it's really annoying that today for Peacock, you got to pay $4.99 in order to enjoy the game. I uh, I totally agree with everything you just said. And unlike what you were talking about earlier, I think there is an end game here. Um, it is annoying today that you'd have to pay five bucks. But I, I think as consumers right now in a you know economic marketplace where things are kind of out of control, you know, there, we all have certain thresholds of like what feels like too much spent on anything you know you'll fill up your gas tank now and it's like wait a second i used to fill up my car for 35 bucks now it's 70 that feels more egregious to me than saying well i'll I'll pay five dollars to watch today's game i think the bigger challenge right now with a lot of these leagues including major league baseball is trying to figure out what the future of their broadcast product looks like and and it certainly feels like the streaming options are are going to be a a very present prominent part of the future of this game. But to your point, the, the consumer end, the fan end, you're kind of getting screwed because you got to sign up for all these different networks. And, and depending on which, um, you know, cable provider you have, you might not get your, your local RSN regional sport network. So it's, it, it's becoming really convoluted. I think we're a little lucky in Cleveland that we haven't had it quite as bad as some of the other uh, major market teams. I know that sounds silly, but, like if you want to watch Dodgers games or, or Yankees or Mets games, because they're so prominently featured on some of those streaming platforms, you know, their fans are paying regularly for some of those other service options. I, I think they need to come, somebody needs to come up with uh, a, a way to make this work for local fan bases and for streaming providers, because having this, this cornucopia of options is just not sustainable for fans. And it's, I think it's eventually going to turn people off and, and they'll find something else to do with their time if they can't do it. Yeah, and it's such a cool idea. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want people to turn, be turned off because I want people to enjoy baseball. Like, the idea of it's great. Like, we're going to play a game at 1135. We're going to be the only game anyone can watch. It's a two-hour window before any other first pitch. We'll be the only one. And they're just kind of blowing it, putting it on these streaming platforms. And for what? You know, Peacock, uh, yes, between Peacock and Apple TV, that's worth $115 million annually. Uh, but, you know, Peacock itself, that's a $30 million a year deal. It's not as if it's $130 million. Now, I know they're hoping for more money down the line, but, you know, for $30 million, you're going to disrupt your fan base. For a, for a million dollars a team, you're going to make a, the fan base upset and angry that they have to shell out their own dollars? I don't know. It doesn't seem worth it to me right now. Yeah, it's it. like I said, it, it's um... – is frustrating and I can see where the end game is, you know, okay, we consolidate this somehow or we can package it for fans that it's better for them to, to watch it and, and, you know, have some sort of, I pay for my guardians coverage full season, whatever, no matter what it's on. Um, but, you know, you mentioned it earlier. I mean, with Dallas Braden and, and Rick Manning on with Jason Benetti, first of all, Benetti is one of the best play-by-play guys, really regardless of sport in the country. So you've got a really, really good announcer who is also the voice of a major league team. So it's not like he just is dropping in and doesn't know baseball. Jason's great. Um, and, you know, they're kind of going back to the old model of what NBC used to do a long time ago with grabbing local analysts. And how often do you watch a broadcast 
when it's a national broadcast that gets dropped in and, you, and you're frustrated as a fan because you feel like the guys don't really intimately know your team. Well, now you've got analysts that are with your team all the time that are given a chance on a quote-unquote national platform, um, and, and you'll feel a lot more well-represented as a fan. I think that's the best thing that they've done with this whole thing. Tell me why it's okay to fall in love with Oscar Gonzalez. Uh, he's a really humble kid who I think just plays the game hard. You know, he's, he's, he's just likable. He's like, watch him, watch him at the plate. He didn't get cheated, man. He swings hard. He's not up there trying to like take a walk. Um, and I think the guardians encouraged him to, you know, Hey, don't try to do different stuff just cause you got a, a chance to play big league ball here. We want to see what you can do. And, and it's because of your track record here in the minor leagues, go up there and let it rip. Um, and look, he's, he's obviously on, you know, kind of a heater here with, with racking up something like 25 base hits. I think it is through his first 13 games or something. Um, he's fun to watch. He, he's not the fastest guy and we've seen him actually get pinch run for several times late in games. Um, you know, it, is he going to be a, a 300 hitter for his whole career? I mean, I, it's way too early to know that, but, um, I don't know. I lo- I just love watching him play. It's, He's like a lot of the other young guys in the team, man. He is out there to give it all he's got, and he's not taking any opportunity for granted. Is SpongeBob his nickname, or was that Matt just kind of getting caught up in the moment with the walk-off hit? <laughs> I gotta, I gotta dig a little more into that because I actually was a little, a uh, little caught off guard by that. I mean, I've heard, I've heard some goofy things, but nothing that I can report because I'm not <laughs> sure how much of it was substantiated. Okay, yeah, just just curious. I had to know. Uh, Shane Bieber, I have this theory that uh, Bieber's issue was, everyone thought it was spider tech for a while. I just think he had a shoulder injury and I think he was just, I think he it impacted his mechanics to a degree and I think now he's starting this second phase of his career where, you know, Kershaw went from a guy that would throw 95 to then throwing 91 and would, and would throw his off-speed pitches way more. Bieber is trending in that direction. He can be successful doing that. Uh, what have you seen out of Bieber and how accurate am I that he can be successful as a pitcher moving forward? Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it. You know, I, I he might not be the exact same pitcher he was before, but he didn't. He hasn't lost his competitive edge, and I would be so much more concerned if, you know, we were seeing the the drop off in a lot of the advanced data, the the spin rates, the, you know, all of the stuff that you'd look at if if you're looking at the advanced metrics. Uh, I'd be so much more concerned if I saw that stuff dropping and he wasn't really competitive. He's really only had one game this year where, you know, it's just, ugh, that was, that was terrible. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, everybody does. Um, he's, he is to me, the sign of a good pitcher is figuring out how to win with what you've got. And a lot of days you're not going to have your a plus best stuff. And, and that's part of the reason why I think Shane is the leader in that room right now because he's obviously done it and, and he's experiencing a little adversity here. But even with that adversity, he's not, you know, he's, he's not pitching his team out of games. So I'm, I'm encouraged by the signs I've seen from him recently. I think he's a great competitor. I think he's prepared. Um, he's just he's fun to watch. I got two issues uh, with Tito right now, and they both revolve around Andres Jimenez, Brendan. Uh, one, why is someone with his talent and skill set betting six, seven, eighth consistently? It makes no sense. And two, why against lefties does he think one of your better hitters, even though he is left-handed, deserves to be on the bench? There is no lineup that the Guardians can put out where it makes sense where Andres Jimenez is not playing every day. 
I uh, I can't tell you why he's not playing today because I don't know. But I would say that, you know, the, the team in this last couple of weeks here, they have figured out a way to hit the right buttons. They're playing some of their best baseball of the season. You know, guys are, are they're young, and maybe they, they aren't ready to play every single day. I, I would argue that maybe Jimenez has had the success he's had because he's hit where he has. He doesn't have the pressure of being a top-of-the-lineup guy. That's not to say he can't. I, I Don't get me wrong, man. I love the guy. I'm not trying to, like, overly justify why things are the way they are. Um, I, I would like to see him play every day. It wouldn't bother me to see him hitting in the two-hole. But, you know, look at look at Stephen Kwan as an example. Kwan got off to this incredible start, and then the wheels fell off for a little bit. They dropped him down further in the order. They they decreased his, you know, everyday playing time role. And now he's starting to figure it out again, and he looks like he's, he's kind of coming out of it. So I, I just think the Guardians, it's going to take them several months to really figure out what do we have with a team whose average age is literally younger than most AAA rosters. This is such a young team. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's Brendan, it's, like, it's, hey, it's, we, June, we, it's June 12th. The soup's getting cold, man. Uh, I, and they're right in the thick of it. Yeah, I but like, they, they like, are, how do you, right in the conversation. how do you have him and as not batting in the one or two spot? You continue to trot out Miles Straw's dead body out there in the one hole, and I know, I know he's got to be there for the next five years, but that dude hasn't hit anything. Like, like, drop him down and put him and as up there and give it a chance. I uh, personally wouldn't mind seeing it. All right, well, I like that. I'm yeah, really. Man, they've won nine of their. They've won nine of their last twelve. I mean, I, I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get too frustrated by those decisions at this point. Oh, I 100 percent will, and I'm going to yell at you off the air about it tomorrow <laughs> when I see you as well. We're going to do a Tony Finau victory cake, and then I'm going to yell at you about Tito's uh, misdeeds as if you're responsible for them firsthand. Okay. Sounds great. I'll eat that cake if it's chocolate. Thank you, Brennan. All right, you want chocolate? We'll get chocolate, okay? I'll put a nice little photo of his uh, <laughs> picture of his face on there and everything. It's going to be a great day if he finishes this out, Brendan. Sounds good. Appreciate Sounds you, good. man. Cleveland Looking forward to seeing Insider.com. you. Cleveland Yes. Yeah, ClevelandBaseballInsider.com for all, uh, all the latest here on the Guardians. We'll be locked in. Thank you, Brendan. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. All right, Brendan Gulick right there on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Oh, boy.